There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to be back here on The Nuance Life. And speaking of nuance, tomorrow is the launch of Nuance Nation. We will be in San Mateo, California, doing what we do. And then we'll be traveling down to Thousand Oaks, California, and doing what we do. I like how you're saying doing what we do. I feel we're doing like we gonna, we're gonna do what we do. Often. We're gonna do it live. If you'd like to see it, get your tickets. That's we, what I'm saying. We struggle so much with how to characterize it. Let's just start saying you're listening to the Nuance Life, doing what we do. You're listening to Fancy mm-hmm. Politics, doing what we do. We're just gonna do what we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But first, we're gonna commemorate the things that y'all do, and there are some fantastic ones today. So let's start with Paige who says she's not religious, but she's been thinking about the serenity prayer a lot. The serenity prayer is one of my favorites. Accept the things I can't change. Give me courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. And she says, with that in mind, she would like to commemorate knowing when to say when. Paige is a recovering people pleaser. Cheers, Paige. Me too. (laughs) And struggles with decision making. The people pleaser in Beth recognizes and sees the people pleaser in Paige. I I bow to that people pleaser in you. (gasps) A major transition at her work made her feel unsettled, and so she started looking for jobs. But she's realized that's too much. She is trying to stop procrastinating on a certification that she needs for work, to stop stressing about apartment hunting, to go see a medical specialist and address some health issues that she's been avoiding. She's trying to be at peace with the fact that she cannot control her father's cancer. And that is enough. With everything she has going on, she's realizing Mm -hmm. that she needs to put some limits in place. So Paige is settling in. She's appreciating the life she has and all the people in it who love her. And she's turning down some interviews and just pumping the brakes a little bit. And Paige said she wants to commemorate knowing when to keep pushing and when to do nothing more at all, which I believe is the hardest thing in life. Okay, I've been thinking a lot about this and Paige is onto something. What we need here in life, because when you hit moments of stress, as we've learned from burnout and other books and discussions, is you have to dial up your stress management. And you really need to put like dial way back on, oh, I don't know, everything else. It takes everything you have to like manage the stressful situation and then manage the stress from the stressful situation. We need some sort of designation for like a stress sabbatical. So like you're extenuating sort of circumstances and commitments. You could just like submit a form and be like, hi, I'm taking a stress sabbatical. I can't come to any more board meetings for like the next three months. I love you. I'm still committed to this. Or hi, I'm taking a stress sabbatical friend who's such a walking piece of drama. I love you and I wish you well. I can't be your friend for the next three months. Like I need some sort of 
I need some sort of like form where you submit it and they and it goes out to all your like everything else and says, oh, Paige is on a stress sabbatical. She can't do that right now. Can we do that? Because of my age, this reminds me of we're on a break. And that's what we need. Just a way to say I'm on a break. I love, Sarah, that your example was board meetings because, my mm-hmm. goodness, when you want to contribute to your community, it starts to pile up fast. <sighs> I really can't look at my calendar right now without feeling desperate inside. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of it is volunteer commitments. And that's really tough. And and I think the way you said it is perfect. I love you. I'm committed to this cause. You're a wonderful human being who I want to spend time with. Not right now. I need I need a pause. Word. I'm on stress sabbatical. I'm on a stress sabbatical. I have to deal with this because, you know, if you're dealing with a health issue or grief or like a work transition, and here's my problem with all those extenuating things. When you're committing to them and you're always signing up, like, when you're not super stressed, it's like I I need some sort of trigger to say, okay, I know you want to say yes to this, but remember, like, two weeks before Christmas, would you still be dedicated to this call? You know what I mean? Like, would you still want to do it? Are you still going to be so excited if you were carrying around the stress of two weeks before Christmas or something like that? You know, that's the... It's the ebb and flow that gets you, man. Can I be super honest about something? I'm realizing more and more that church is tricky for me in this way. Yeah. I love church so much. Once you get involved in church, it explodes, right? It's, and it's like my quicksand. church has been really like intentional with me. I know that my pastor thinks about me in asking me to do things and does not ask me to do many, many, many things. And I appreciate that so much. But I was talking with one of the pastors about the worship service in particular and how I'm just noticing as an adult that always contributing to the worship service as a child made church something really different for me than it is just showing up and being in the pew. And the more I just show up and sit in the pew, the more that's what I want. Like, I want this place where it's all input instead of output. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm happy to contribute to the church in a number of ways and do. But that Sunday morning hour, man, I really like just showing up and being a participant in that hour instead of being a leader during that hour. And I really like it when the children leave to go to their class And I'm not being a mom during that hour. And I really like it when I just go by myself and I'm not trying to make sure that like Chad's having a good time at church. You know, it's just nice Mm -hmm. for me to sit there alone in this one place. And I bring this up not to single out church, but to say there are so few places where any of us get to just have input And I feel like that's what leads us to this place that Paige is describing, especially if we're people pleasers. Where do you go that is just about filling you up instead of also asking for lots of things in return? And I feel like that balance is almost always off. So a stress sabbatical where you can still be that person and still contribute in all the ways you genuinely want to in your heart, but also be able to pull back. I think that's genius, Sarah. I think we should put that Mm -hmm. on the list with walk-up music and with choosing Mm -hmm. the way you'd like to be greeted. Yep. Yep. Okay. Do we have some sort of committee who's in charge of instituting these? Did we set that part up? 
No, we're going we to have to work on that. We're going to have to work on that. After this whole part about being over and volunteered, we're going to need volunteers to institute these massive cultural changes. Can we, we... wait in our... We'll wait in our inboxes, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. Is there some... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals I know that for me, people-pleasing is often high on Mm -hmm. that list, as we just talked Mm -hmm. about. I tend to overcommit, and I commit to all kinds of things that I really want to do, but the stress of it piles up. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. And as you know about both of us, speaking with a counselor is critical to managing our stress. You'll get, with BetterHelp, timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapy matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com NL. That's BetterHelp slash NL and join the other 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for the Nuance Life listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash NL. Next up, we heard from Cindy. She and her husband reached their first long-time parenting goal. They wanted one of them to stay home with kids at least part-time until their kids started school. It made the most sense financially for her husband to be full-time, so Cindy stayed home. It was hard. Being a full-time stay-at-home mom wasn't right for her, and she got worried about getting back into the workforce. She found a part-time job that covered daycare costs, which really helped her sanity. Her husband is crazy about their daughters and has worked 60 to 70 hours a week their entire lives, but still makes it to plays, recitals, school, events. He has sacrificed a lot and felt the pressure of providing the family's income. Cindy thinks we don't really talk about this enough. She says, my husband has never stopped worrying about what losing his income would do to the security of our family. I have watched it age him. He did lose his job for a brief time, and their income was cut by 80%. Cindy was able to work full-time until he found a new position, and she says the stress of it all has been so significant for her husband. But now, both of her kids are in school. Woo! Cindy is going full-time in January and is a little sad but focused on the visible relief she sees on her husband's face. She is so happy to relieve some of the burden that he has shouldered for nine years. I can 100% 
identify with this commemoration. It was not for near as long of a time, but probably for at least mm, six months to a year. My husband was our sole provider. And then, honestly, for probably six to seven years, I mean, it was the major part of our income. And it's just in the last several years with Pantsuit Politics that I've been able to ease that burden. And it it's like I have a new husband. It it was so stressful for him. He did lose his job, which was actually kind of helpful in a way because he saw, like, the worst can happen and we can survive it. But it really is an enormous amount of pressure. I'll never forget reading The Feminine Mistake. It's about the mistake of staying home, honestly. It's an economist, and she—now, the mistake economically. Let me clarify that. And she just argues that, like— it almost never makes sense economically because you lose the raises, you miss out on your resume. It's always really packs on the economic impact. But one of the points I always remember is that she said, like, it's also just a huge burden on the sole provider, be it a woman or a man, honestly. And it's just that's a lot of pressure. So I totally understand where Cindy is coming from. And I think she's going to see a real difference in her husband and her marriage as that stress is released This is such a hard thing. Early in our marriage and before we had children, I was one of the only women in sort of our immediate circle who did not stay home. Mm. And so I was in this position of going to work every day, coming home and watching the transition as other husbands were coming home too, where women who had been at home all day with small children were relieved to see husband coming home and kind of wanted to turn over the kids to the husband. Mm -hmm. And I watched that totally feeling an amount of sympathy for where they were coming from. I couldn't empathize yet because we didn't have kids, but also thinking if he's as tired as I am, that's tough. (laughs) And then when I was on leave with our first daughter, I realized, oh, she's a very different kind of tired, but it is as tired like and and it's mm-hmm. a completely different situation and so it's a lot of pressure on both people and i yep. think cindy's right that in a, in many circles we're not doing a good job talking about the other experience you kind of can only relate to what you've done instead of relating to what that other person's day has been like and so i just feel like this gets back to one we all need more therapy We'd put that on our list with stressed sabbaticals. And two, I think we need to find more ways, especially for men, to be able to express the pressure that they feel, not just economically, but in lots of ways. It seems to me like a lot of the negative ways that we talk about masculinity as a society right now are missing the point that men live in pressure cookers. It's a different kind of pressure cooker than women live in. And this experience is not binary, of course, and everybody experiences it differently. And I don't think we need to play any kind of comparison game. And certainly, like, we'll just put patriarchy on the shelf for a second. But there is a real problem, I think, that men experience so much pressure, especially related to money. And they don't have good options about how and where and when to talk about it and relieve some of that pressure. Well, for me, let me just put on my radical feminist hat for a minute. I mean, the reality, I think, is that no matter your configuration of working, staying home, male, female, whatever, we fail 
families with young children because there's not enough support. There's not one of these that's easy on both people. There's not one of these arrangements that really fixes it. There's still an enormous amount of stress, an enormous amount of economic pressure because we expect too much of families. We certainly expect too much of women. And we do not provide adequate resources to families with young kids. This is the long and short of it. Not to get, not to take this to a radical place. I don't, but I don't even think that's stinking radical, man. It shouldn't be. I don't either. As you were talking about the feminine mistake, I thought, well, that's a societal failure. You know, yep. it's a societal failure for your career to need to be so linear that you have to worry about your resume. That it's difficult to reenter the workforce. I'll tell you what. A woman who stayed home with kids for a few years coming back into the workforce, yes, please. This is a person who totally understands time management, who has had to work on managing stress well. I mean, that's a great employee. And for us to think you've been out of the workforce three years, how's this going to work? That's a mistake on employers' parts. Well, and in other countries, you don't have to pick. It's not like I have this job I love, but I can't bear to drop off my six-week-old, so I'll just drop it. I mean, they get real. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Long-term paid leave for both maternity and paternity so that you don't feel like you're picking between your stinking career and your baby. I don't think that's the experience of young families in other parts of the world. There are so many issues here. And I'll say, you know, Chad and I are in a pretty unique situation now. So I created this stress that Cindy's describing for Chad by working in a job that I hated and sharing that I hated it (laughs) and making him constantly concerned that one day I was just going to come home and have quit. Mm. It was incredibly stressful for him, and he mentioned recently that that period of time aged him, and I hate that. We're in a really good place now. We both work primarily from home. None of my income is certain, but we're doing okay. It's it's We've made it work. It is still really hard to be parents of young children trying to work. It's just hard. It's hard for everybody. I feel like we are in almost an ideal situation in terms of the flexibility we both have. And it is still incredibly hard and incredibly stressful. And so to think about what this experience is like for a single parent, for people who have no family or community support around them, for people who don't get to make the kinds of choices that Cindy's describing, for people who are making those choices and really struggling to make those choices work. I mean, It's just hard to have young kids, and we do need to do much better by each other for those periods of time. We will be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Not to get too personal here, but it's hot where I live. Like hot. Like really, really hot. I've been wearing my Hug Me deodorant by Bloom. I'm fresh as a daisy. 
Hug Me Deodorant by Bloom, that's B-L-U-M-E, is made with probiotics. The probiotics encourage your body to make more good bacteria, and as a result, your body produces less bad bacteria, so B.O. doesn't exist. It lasts for 24 hours and doesn't have to be reapplied throughout the day. Mainstream antiperspirants contain aluminum, which get absorbed into our bloodstream and has been linked to cancer. Hug Me Deodorant is safe, sustainable, vegan, and cruelty-free. It's rated the best deodorant ever by New York Post. Hug Me by Bloom keeps you feeling good, feeling fresh, and super huggable. Right now, our listeners will get 25% off their first stick and free shipping when you text NUANCED to 797979. This is a special offer you can't get any else and you support the nuanced life when you support our sponsors please and thank you so text nuance to 797979 to get 25 percent off your first stick of hug me deodorant if you don't love it return it for a full refund no questions asked text nuanced n-u-a-n-c-e-d to 797979 we want to share Carolyn's commemoration because she has started going to therapy and we're always excited when anybody goes to therapy. This is not her first time though and this is more of something to overcome than I've ever heard and I I am so grateful for Carolyn sharing this story. Carolyn's first experience with therapy happened when she was eight years old when her parents divorced and it was not positive. She felt like she had thoughts that weren't fully formed and what she was observing was that everyone else was having a harder time than she was. People cried more. They yelled more. And so she watched this therapeutic experience unfolding, and it was really hard for her, and it made her feel like she didn't deserve anything, that her sadness wasn't enough. And Mm. she said that feeling that she was undeserving has seeped into her over time and that it can manifest in different ways. But for her, it has manifested as anger. Carolyn says she has been angry about everything, about other people not working hard enough, about the inefficiencies she sees in the world, about all of her mistakes, about her body and appearance, and that she has been angry about her anger. She said she never felt proud of herself when something was going well. She just felt relieved that it was something she didn't have to be angry about. In 2016, Carolyn went back to therapy and after several years is starting to feel emotions other than anger. And she wrote, if I'm completely honest, I'm still struggling to feel proud of myself even as I write this commemoration. I may be less angry, but I'm still struggling to replace that emotion with something good. I'm still trying to accept my imperfections. But what I do know is that I don't feel as angry as I once did. I know that I feel more accepting of the moment, of what others are capable of, of what I am capable of. I can see that maybe every day doesn't have to be a fight. So I'm commemorating myself for that, and I'm hoping it seeps into me and intertwines around my muscles just like other things have. I'm going to keep trying and striving to accept myself even on days when trying doesn't seem to work. Listen, Carolyn, I hear you, girl. Anger is also my default emotion. (laughs) And it is exhausting. I am dealing with all sort of like tension muscle issues, and I think it's literally a lot of the time just my body is like, physically angry like because it's just that's what I've trained it to be is like this tense try hard angry machine I also have an unhealthy relationship with anger my relationship is that I cannot access it in a healthy way because I learned 
somewhere in life that being angry is a weakness. I don't think anyone taught me that. It's just, you know, your experiences add up to some total. And I see I, I see in myself that if I'm getting angry, it's because something's wrong with me. But I think it's mm. a little bit related to what Carolyn described as feeling like you don't deserve things because other people are having a harder time than you. I think mm. that's something that is pretty hardwired in me as well. And I am so grateful for Carolyn sharing the hard truth that sometimes therapy isn't working well. And you yeah. have to really be intentional and think about what the goals are and be willing to make changes and be willing to observe all of the dynamics going on, especially when you take a family into therapy. That's a hard mm-hmm. thing to talk about, especially when you are like a crusader for therapy as we are. We got an email from someone saying that she was a therapy cheerleader. And I thought, same, love that. But it is important to recognize that you're putting people in really intense situations. And sometimes you got to make changes because they don't work and they can do real harm when they don't work. So good for you, Carolyn, to see that some of the damage that was done was in therapy, but still be willing to go back and unpack that and let go of some of that anger. I know it can be hard. I think it's amazing that she went back. And I think it's Mm -hmm. amazing to be able to say about yourself, I've been angry about everything. I see the root of that. I've been angry about the fact that I'm angry. And I know that it's just going to be a lifetime of writing a new script for myself and letting some new attitudes, I love how she said, just seep in and intertwine. I mean, I think that's exactly what the process is. I'm not sure that we're ever done with that process, but to feel like you're making material progress and becoming what you want to become is just a beautiful thing. And I hope that you get to a place, Carolyn, where you do feel really proud of that because I think so many people choose to let whatever vines have grown up in them originally choke them off from any other life experience. And to choose something different for yourself is huge. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Nuanced Life. We'll be back in your ears on Friday at Pantsu Politics. And again, you want to see us do what we do live? Check out the link in the show notes to our Nuance Nation tour stops. Keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener-supported. Go to patreon.com slash thenuancelife. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.